For those who are saved, it's going to be a blessed, blessed day. For those that are lost, it'll be a horrific day. But you won't go there because you didn't know. You won't go there because you didn't have an opportunity. You'll go there because you rejected all of that. If you or I this morning were to die and go to a devil's hell, it would be because we rejected the truth of God's word and what God has told us. And it's not that I'm the greatest preacher there is. It's just that I'm going to tell you the truth. I was thinking something the other day. I've been glad and thankful to be your pastor for 16 years. Uh, it was made official in the month of October, Brother Gary. I don't remember if it was the first Sunday, the second Sunday, or the last Sunday, third Sunday, or last. I don't remember what Sunday it was. But I remember that uh, it was in October because I said I wanted three months to learn to know you and give you three months to learn to know me. And at the end of that three months, if you still felt like you did the day that I showed up and you took my picture, Sister Barbara, who just went that way, uh, then, you know, we would follow the Lord's leadership. And I have to say that I, I honestly believe with all of my heart, it didn't take me but one more Sunday to realize this is the place for me and my family. Didn't think it would be this far down the road that we would still be working and coming down here as your pastor on the weekends and trying our best to serve you through the week. But 16 years later, here we are. God's still faithful. God's still good. And he still works. And I'm, I'm not sorry for that one bit. But I, I just thought about this. And I thought, you know, for 16 years, I've done my best to tell you the truth, whether you liked it or not. If I messed up, I confessed up, and I would straighten it up. I'd come in and tell you I said something that I said it wrong, or I read a verse, and I left out a word. I tried my best to do that. And whether you love me or hate me, it's not because I lied to you. It's because I tell you the truth. And uh, I don't tell you on my part. I tell you on God's part. I'm not perfect. But I'm thanking God this morning for who he is and what he's done. You got your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. I got a title for a message thought, and I was studying it out and looking over the scripture. What more warning is needed? What more warning is needed? How, how many of you have had, had people ask you over the last few weeks the things that are going on over in Israel? Is this a sign? Is this a sign? Is this in the Bible? Is this a sign? I was listening to some folks the other day uh, talk just a little bit because I was working at the house there and the lady come out and she was telling me that she was online studying with some folks and she said this. She said, God is preparing us for Armageddon. And I thought to myself, God's been preparing us for, 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 for death and deliverance. Since the day that he spoke the word into existence. Since you and I have been born. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you. I've said it. I believe it. Read Matthew chapter 24. You're going to go through some things you don't want to go through in this life. And we may go through some things we never thought we would go through in this life. Because there's some tribulation coming like there's never been before. You think of your worst day. There's something coming worse than that worst day. And if you and I are still alive in that time, it's going to be only by God's grace that we get through it. Because the Bible says, except those days be shortened, the very elect of God should be deceived. 
So God's got his hand in the church, and I'm just going to say this, and not, not saying we're in tribulation right now. I'm not saying that it's in the beginning of what's going to happen. I'm just saying this. With everything going on, people's got their minds kind of going through the cycle. Is this a sign? Is this God trying to show us? This? Listen, God's been trying to tell us stuff since we was old enough to hear it. The Bible that we've got in our hands is 414 or 412 years old. It's a 1611 Bible. The only thing that's ever changed is the way that they spelled the word from the time then to the time now and maybe the punctuation being corrected. But if you got your, uh, you can come up here if you can read it and, and you got a small print, but this is a 1611. You can compare word for word for your King James to your King James. It lines up. It's not changed. God gave us a printed word over 400 years ago so that we would understand. He's been trying to tell us. It's time for us to straighten up and get right, not because of a sign, but because God said so. That's the simplicity of it. So Jesus gives us some things. But here we go. What more warning is needed? Think about that this morning. If you would stand, let's go to the Lord of Prayer, then I'll get to reading and going. Father, today I praise thee and thank thee, Lord, and ask thee to help me, dear God. Father, I just I'm thankful, Lord, for the spirit that I feel today, dear God, in this building, Lord. Knowing, Father, that people have come here with a ready mind and a ready heart, dear God, to receive what you have to say. God, prepare this morning, or not hindering, but Father, hungering, dear God. And Lord, I, I know this morning there might be somebody here who's not, but Lord, let them be. And dear God, Father, let us all be open to what you want to say to our hearts, dear God, and do in our lives. And we'll praise you for it and thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated, but, verse 1, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Can I tell you, the apostle Paul writing here is kind of like this. What Jesus has already said is enough. What's already been taught to you, what you've even seen in the scriptures, in the prophecies, and the prophets that were speaking in the Old Testament, what they call the law of Moses, it's enough for you to know the truth and to be prepared and to be ready. It's already been enough. And for you and I today who are here this morning, over the last umpteen years, and think about this this morning, however long that you've been in church, however long you resisted God before you started uh, coming to church, however long you've been in church resisting God before you got saved, it's already been enough said that we should know. There's nothing else needs to be said. The problem is, is what needs to be happening is not happening. If we knew that Christ would come back tomorrow, we would get serious today. Well, listen to me, church. You don't know if he's coming back today, so you ought to already be serious. Instead of waiting around. But he said of the times and seasons. Think about this. For the day... And for what's going on, he's not talking about planting season. He's not talking about harvest season. He's talking about a spiritual season. There's Because of what's already happening, we ought to be ready. There's no more need to be said. He said, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief 
in the night. Now, now think about this. Jesus said this. If the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken. Now think about what Paul just said. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Jesus has told us that he comes as a thief in the night. He comes in a day and hour which no man knoweth save the Father which is in heaven. If you think about it this way, if the thief told you he was coming at 101 in the morning, you might try to take a nap from 9 to 11 and then wake up at 11 and get preparation made so that 101 a.m. when the thief showed up, you, you was ready to repel him and do away with him to stop him from getting in your home. But here's the deal. When Jesus is coming back, he's not a thief coming back. He's just coming as a thief. There's not going to be any more warning than what is given before he comes, which is this. He's coming. I don't know when he's coming. You don't know when he's coming. And if any man tells you he's coming on such and such a day, just go ahead, shake the dust off your feet, and walk the other way. Because he don't know when Jesus is coming no more than you and I do. Because Jesus said himself, only the Father knows when he's coming. And here's how it's going to be. And this is Ernie Ember talk for just a second. When it's time for the Lord to come back, God is just going to say, go. Jesus ain't going to ask where. He ain't going to ask why. He ain't going to ask how. He's just going to do it because the Bible tells us that Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession for you and I, waiting for the opportunity to come get us. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. He's just waiting to come. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. Let me just say it this way, church. There's been a lot of times in my lifetime when people said everything's going to be all right. Better days are ahead of us and look at where we're at today. And I don't care who you put in office this next go around. I'm going to be honest with you. They ain't going to change anything that God's already got set in place to do. Now, now listen to me carefully. That, Brother Ernie, so you, we need to, you know. Now, listen, you better care about who you put in office. Because they will either suppress you, depress you, and destroy you. Or maybe they will help encourage you, lift you up, and get you through some bad times that are ahead. It's up to you. You can put a godly person in office, or you can put an ungodly person in office. And I'm here to tell you, there ain't much to choose from. Thank you, sis. Pay attention to what's going on, church. You're setting the table you're fixing to eat at when you elect somebody to the office. We don't look at it that way. We look at somebody promises dessert without any vegetables. You know what I'm saying? Some of you like vegetables. I like green beans, split peas, you know, no tomatoes, no onions. You know that. We get the argument. 
But you know what? We're choosing the people to set the table for us. But here's the good news. God's got a table spread prepared. And when time is done, he's calling, we're answering. You'll either go eat with him or you'll go stay with the devil. You've been invited to stay the night some, or stay the day somewhere as opposed to stay the night somewhere. Now think about that for a second. Brandon, I think you can get this. I don't know if, the, if you're a friend and I didn't get his name, but let's just say, did you spend the night over at their house? You just showed up this morning and we brought you to church. All right. If you get invited to spend the night, what does that mean? You're going over in the dark time. It's called night for a reason. You're going over in, you're going to go spend the night. That's the dark time. Well, Jesus is not talking about spending the night somewhere. He's talking about spending the day. If you think about it this way, the Bible says there, they that are drunk are drunk in the night. And you're not of the night, but you are of the day. Why? Because you've been born again, blood bought, set aside by Jesus Christ. And in this, you've already started making your preparation for his return. Church, can I say it this way? Don't get slack in preparing. Because that's what's going on. People are living slack lives and they're saying, it, 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 show us, is there a sign? Is there a sign? Is this a sign? Listen to me. Quit living slack lives for Christ. Start living true lives for Christ. And you won't have to worry about whether or not this is a sign. You won't have to worry about whether or not this is time. You won't have to worry about what's coming next because you're going to be focused on Jesus. And Jesus is going to lead us through. Can I tell you, we've said it before, we'll say it again. Peter sunk because he started looking at other things around him instead of on Jesus. When Jesus said, come, Peter stepped out, heard the voice of God. He was walking to Jesus on the water, but the Bible says, but when he saw can I tell you, if you look somewhere else, you're going to get distracted and begin to sink. Amen. I mean, that's simplicity. That's understandable. It's right there. But, but let, let me tell you this. Let, let me give you some things. I, I had a lot more here to read. But look at what, listen to what Jesus says about people seeking a sign. Matthew chapter 12, verse 39. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given them but the sign of the prophet Jonas. As Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. In other words, Jesus said what you saw happen to Jonah happens to the Son of Man, happens to him. And after this, there is no more sign given. Why? Because when he ascended, he had one place left to do, and that's come back. And when he comes back this time here, he's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. And the Bible says, without spot and without blemish. And you and I say, Brother Ernie, we're not perfect. He's not talking about his, your perfection. He's talking about his perfection. You got to be blood bought. You got to have your trust and your faith in him. And by the way, you need to be walking with him. Being faithful means to continue on the journey. 
But think about this. Paul said, if thou continue in the faith, then Jesus said, be faithful unto death. In Matthew chapter 44, he says, because the love of many shall wax cold, uh, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that endureth until the end, the same shall be saved. It doesn't take a start, it takes a finish. Think about it. Stay the course, stay the path. But Jesus said, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh the sign. You know why? Because if they see something, they might decide they better get serious. You know, I'm not getting serious until, until I see a sign, until I know it's coming. It's kind of like this. When we're driving down the road, how many of you understand Smith driving rules or even Liberty driving rules? When you're coming down the road and you see the stoplight ahead and the light's green, are you supposed to accelerate when you get closer? Or are you supposed to prepare in case it turns yellow? I mean, here's the rule. You take your foot off the accelerator, you start covering the, covering the brake in case you need to stop, and then you go through it. You, you don't just jump on it and go, boom, I'm gone. Well, Jesus said this way. People are going to live in the fast lane until they see a sign, and when they see a sign, then they're going to get over here in my lane, and they're going to try to straighten things up. I ain't giving you another sign. I've done died on Calvary's cross. I've done been buried. I've done rose again. I've done come back and testified that I'm going to the Father, and the next time I'm coming is to get my church. You ain't getting another sign. And you're an evil, adulterous generation that seeks one. Chapter 16, verse 4. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after sign, and there shall no sign be given unto them, but as a sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. Excuse me. 20, yeah, 13. Watch ye therefore, for ye neither know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Think about it. Mark chapter 8 verse 12 says this. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily, verily, I say to you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. The people wanted a sign and he wasn't going to give it. Can I tell you this morning, church, if you read the book of Matthew in chapter 24 and read what Jesus told them, the things that are going to transpire and how that it all comes out, he said, here's what's going to happen and here's where it's going to end. And if you'll just live for me while all this has happened, you'll be ready when it ends. And we go, well, I, I need a sign. Here's your sign. I'm up here telling you this morning there is no sign. Get right. Be ready. They're going to make some lunch over there in a minute. You may not get to eat it. We keep wanting a sign. We've done got it. He says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness. Again, verse 4, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Can I tell you that you and I should not be surprised when Jesus comes? Instead, we should be ready and rejoicing. Remember this. He's invited us to a day 
They that walk in the day or they that walk in the night, or the light rather, they see where they go. But those that walk in the night, they, they stumble. They don't see where they go. I've told the stories of how that I wake up in the middle of the night and if I didn't turn a light on, there would be time I'd walk into stuff. I broke my toe. I mean, I've run into doors sideways. I've got a new dresser. I'll catch my arm on it. I mean, there's times there that, that if I don't turn on the light, there's something going to happen to me if I'm not careful and, and let my eyes focus to see what's going on. Listen to me. That's the way people are today. They walking around in the night. They had a party boat over behind my house last night. They were up. I got home at 310 this morning. And, I, and they were still over there partying and boozing it up. And I'm here to tell you, if God returns on those folks in that condition, heaven help them because they don't look like there's no hope. Listen, you, you go ahead and party in this life, you'll spend hell in the afterlife. Get it right with Jesus now. Because you ain't got a guarantee of next minute. And we don't believe that today. We're just like the folks who said, well, you know, they said things is going on just like they was from the beginning. They're looking back at the beginning and they don't realize these things ain't the same as what they were in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. He went through six days of creation. He rested and then he put man upon the earth. Adam messed up. Eve messed up. Cain, Cain killed Abel. This thing about it, we kept on going down through history and finally God gets to a certain point and he said, I'm tired of it. I'm wiping them all out. And these eight survivors come out of the flood. If you don't believe that, I'm sorry. Stop listening to your teachers and your philosophers and your school people and start listening to what thus saith the word of God. Eight people come out of the flood, started it all over. It's been different ever since they started over. And I'm telling you something. The Bible says, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Look around, church. You want another sign? There ain't going to be another sign. But there's a promise there. It's just like they were almost. Amen. You say, Brother Ernie, what do you mean Almost. Well, there's still more than eight of us in here. But who says what happens next Sunday? Church, it shouldn't be a thief watch for us. If you're living, you should rejoice when the Lord comes. And you will rejoice. I, I, we've tried to figure this one out. What will it be like when I die? Praise God I won't remember the life that I had. I won't remember no pain, no sorrow, no suffering. I won't remember anything that upset me. I mean, tell you, I'm looking forward to a new day and bright day. I, when I get to heaven, I'm not looking down to see who's not there. Hell can look up and see who's in heaven, but heaven can't look down and see who's in hell. What a beautiful picture to think about. You're the children of the light and the children of the day, and we are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others. Wake up, wake up, O Zion, the book of Isaiah says. Think about it. They were being told in the Old Testament. We're being told in the New Testament. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, church. Don't get laxed on this. Don't think it's all just a coaster ride and I'm, I'm in it now and everything. Hey, listen to me. He said, we do not sleep as they sleep. Went to bed last night. I guess we shut everything off at 11 finally. You know, 
when I'm on call, it's, it's like this. Every time I think I close my eyes, that phone's going to ring. So it's hard to sleep. 11.59, 11.50, I got my phone call that said, hey, gas leak over here. Go to it. Get up and go to it. People had a house full of gas. Had to stay there a while, get it all vented out. Make sure they were safe before I returned home to go back to sleep. I got home about 2.45. Is that right? 1.45. 1.45. Just a few minutes after 2, I was up and out again for another gas leak. Got home at 3.10. I didn't go to sleep at 3.10. I laid there like I did before. I was praying from 11 o'clock until I got called out. Might have dozed off a time, but I, went, I couldn't sleep. I was praying. I got home. I started praying again. Ned had a bad headache, and she was feeling rough. I mean, I'm praying for Ned. I start praying for all of you. I start praying for me. I'm asking God, and then I get called out again. I come home, and listen to me. I don't go to sleep. I start praying. About 4 o'clock, I went to sleep. 6.50, the alarm goes off. Meta gets up, and I go back to sleep again, and I sleep for about another 45 minutes, and then I wake up, it's after 8 o'clock, and i got to get ready to come to church. Yeah. Now, praise God, you didn't get mad at me for not being here at 10 o'clock, but let me just say something, church. If you spend your time in preparation, you won't worry about the wake-up call. Because when the trumpet sounds, you'll go up. We just got to be prepared. Stop looking for signs and start living according to the word. Is this a sign, brother? It's a sign this morning to get right. Why? Because you ain't getting another sign. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come. Will come. Not, not might come. Will come. Church, if he left, he's coming back. He said, I go and prepare a place. I will come again. He left, he's coming. Be ready for his coming. Will come as a thief in the night. You're not going to get a sign that says he's coming back at 1055. How many of you ever have to go to the doctor? How many phone calls do you get before you got to go to the doctor telling you you got to go to the doctor? You get phone calls, you get text messages, you get emails. I mean, if you're on my mercy, they will hound you to death to make sure you do not forget you got a doctor's appointment. Well, every Sunday that you've been alive and you've heard a message of a preacher telling you that he's coming back has been your warning. He's coming back. The difference is, is we don't have an appointment it's time as a day in a time stamp. We've got an appointment that has been made. And he says, when I show up, be ready. I guarantee you if Publisher Screen House showed up at your house with a $10 million check, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, Jesus is coming back, church. And he's got something better than money. He's got eternal life. But when he shows up, listen to me. You and I don't get to make the decision whether or not we're ready. At that time, it's too late.
decision's been made. The Lord's come. So while you got time, get ready. Today's the day, the Bible says. Now is the time. We need to be prepared and ready. Jesus himself said this. I'll read two verses and I'm done. Revelations 3, 3. Jesus himself. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. And hold fast and repent. If thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Now he's talking to the church. This is part of the seven messages to the seven churches. And he says that to them in Revelation 3, 3. In Revelation 16, 15, he says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Jesus is telling us, church, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Be ready. Because I'm not telling you when I'm coming. I'm coming. Every so often, surprise inspections come. We may not be prepared for that surprise inspection. But here's the deal. I work for the gas company every year. The PSC, the Public Service Commission, says we're coming. We're coming. We're coming. Every year they tell us they're coming. Now, we don't know if they're coming in March, April, May, February, June, July, August. But we know that they're coming. We just need to be ready when they show up. Have our I's dotted, our T's crossed. In other words, have our meters painted, our flanges set right, our pressures regulated, our chart. I mean, it's just a lot of things that we got to get done there to make sure that when they come, we're ready. It's not a surprise inspection. It's just a surprise show up. Jesus has been telling us the same thing. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. It's not going to be a surprise that I come. It's just going to be a surprise time that I come. And if you're not ready, it's like a thief. But if you're ready, it's like a family reunion. I remember 1982, my nan and papa that I hadn't seen since, I don't know, 1970, probably 74 come out to our house and spent two weeks at our house. I mean, tell you, I didn't know they was coming, but when they got there, I loved it. Oh man, I loved it. In 1990, me and the wife said, let's go see them. I was so excited, we drove all night long. We left Thursday evening at eight o'clock. We got there Saturday morning about three o'clock. Brother Gary, I had wrong turns and everything else along the way there. I was so excited. I asked a lady in Syracuse, how far is it to Moore's, New York? She said a couple miles. It was 9 o'clock in the evening. I said, I'll be there by 11. She didn't know what she was talking about. 
But you know what? My grandparents knew I was coming. Bringing my wife with us. And we showed up at that hour. It was a surprise that we got there at that hour. But it was no surprise that we got there because we said we was coming. And when we got there, they were glad to have us. Jesus is coming. You don't know when. I don't know when, but he's coming. Will you be glad when he shows up? Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, and we love you and we praise you, dear God. Lord, we know this morning, Lord, that you gave us all the warning we need that you said you're coming. So, Lord, we ask you this morning, dear God, have your way in our hearts and souls. Lord, if there be a lost person here, I pray today they will accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They will accept what you've done on Calvary's cross for the atonement of their sin and that they will follow you and walk with you and hold to you. And God, we've been waiting a while. We start getting a little lax and lazy, not serving, not doing as what we could, not, not as close to God. Lord, if we're not careful, we're going to be caught surprised. Lord, help us this morning not to be surprised. Help us get things straightened out and back on the right track. Father, get back in your way and in your word. Lord, prepare. Help us, Lord, now we do ask and we pray, dear God, each one that is here in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. If you've got a desire to come and pray,